welcome to another episode of the Music from the Goddesses Vault podcast. I am your host, Midnight Star. You just heard Thothadea with their cover of Zombie. And you can already guess what the topic of today's show is going to be about. Zombies. But first, if you can, please share this podcast via Twitter, Facebook, goddessvault1.wixsite.com forward slash home, or wherever you can to everyone you know. And don't forget to check out the blog. Now for the topic, zombies. Since I don't want to do another Zowin episode, I thought that I might do this one. Of course, if you're going to listen to my past shows on Samhain, you are welcome to do so. But I figured that I might have some fun this year. I will be talking about the history of zombie myths and some more fun facts about them. Let's continue on with the show with Zombie Ambience by Kirsten Lawrence.
history of zombies is a sad one. This mythology came from the enslaved people of Haiti in the 17th and 18th centuries. As you know, many slaves came from North and West Africa to work in the plantations. So naturally, they brought their beliefs with them, even though they were forced to convert to Christianity and work in the plantations for little or no money. The original belief by the slaves in those times is that if you die by suicide, you will not be able to return to the afterlife and walk the earth as a zombie for eternity. At that time, zombies weren't portrayed as monsters who eat brains. Instead, they were seen as mindless, soulless corpses still working in the field and obeying their masters. After the Haitian Revolution, voodoo became the main religion. It is a combination of Catholicism and several African beliefs. The zombie mythology also became a part of voodoo ideology, but not totally. Some practitioners known as the Bukor use traditional herbs, animal parts, and other objects to create something called zombie powder. That powder had a chemical called tetrodotoxin, a neurotoxin that comes from the pufferfish and is toxic and deadly. If someone does take a small amount of tetrodotoxin, they will have trouble walking, respiratory problems, and confusion. Higher doses of this toxin can also lead someone to become paralyzed and or be in a coma. As a result, they could appear to be dead and be buried alive, but then later can be revived. Because of this, the Haitian people are scared of the Bokar. But before I forget, not all Haitian voodoo practitioners are Bokar, and most of those priests do believe that zombies are only a myth. I'm going to talk more about zombies after you hear City of the Dead by Incubus Succubus.
for the spirit guide of the week. I'm going back to the animal kingdom to talk about the deer. If the deer is your totem animal, you are great at trusting your instincts. You know when a situation will become negative. As a deer person, you also can read body language and pick up other people's vibes. Spirit Animal Deer wants you to find strength within yourself if you are going through a tough time right now. If the deer is your power animal, you need to be more gentle with yourself. One way you can do this is by meditating. Deer is telling you to release any judgment, resentment, and grudges towards someone. Because you are highly sensitive and intuitive, you need to find nurturing friends and a safe place to go. It's most likely going to be outside because you love to recharge in the woods. Power Animal Deer also lets you know that you have the power to be more vigilant and quick to get out of a tricky situation. And you need to call on Totem Animal Deer if you need some help being creative. That is it for now. Stay tuned for another Spirit Guide of the Week. Time is slipping by us Like grains of sand through the fingers of a child And with each passing moment we are aware That there are things just beyond us And they're hanging in space while we run in a forever though our lives are
That was Castalia with Run Like a Deer. Since zombies are more voodoo and hoodoo, I would not say totally. It was hard to find something pagan-related. It's not that I have nothing to say here. I do. I found two articles that talk about us being zombies in this world of consumerism and how that is destroying our planet. And before I forget, we pagans do not believe that the zombie apocalypse will ever happen. So I put both links in the show notes, and they are from Wild Hunt and Pathios. Although, I think that I will give you the name of both articles. One is named Suffering and Satisfaction in Patterns of Consumption and Zombies by Sam Webster. The other is Pagans and the Zombie Apocalypse by Nikki Whiting. You can read those two articles now or in your own time. Here is Cynthia McQuillan with Slay the Dead. From this house I fled, hear my thankless cry, to seek an end to sorcery, but beneath your hand I died. You have wrought your spells, 
brought me back again to share the world you're weaving outside of mortal ken with relentless love you bind me to your bed is there no mercy now will no one slay the dead upon these tower stairs i wait your beck and call you take your wretched pleasures cast in a funeral pall i weep my torment nightly in tears of memory as i draw the life you give me now so willingly with relentless love you bind me to your bed is there no mercy now will no one slay the dead someday i'll break your sorcery bound to the tide of time you weaken as you love me soon freedom will be mine i daily grow in power and your blood will ease my pain you lie upon this cold stone floor by a spirit lover slain with relentless love you bind me to your bed there is no mercy now you cannot slay the dead Here's a dream symbol to interpret. Again, there are three symbols this week. Ice cream, light, and ceiling. If your dream had an ice cream in it, it represents luck, satisfaction, pleasure, and success in your life. If the ice cream in your dreams tasted sour or foul, it means betrayal, sadness, and frustration. If in your dreams the ice cream had melted, it's telling you that your desires and hopes have failed. Lights and dreams usually means guidance, understanding, insight, clarity, and radiance. If you see dim lighting in your dreams, it's letting you know that part of your subconscious that has to do with primal thoughts and feelings haven't developed well. To see a bright light in your dreams means that you're going into a higher level of understanding. If the bright light in your dreams is from an object, it represents the divine consciousness. To see a motion sensor light in your dreams tells you that you're going the right way in your life. If you can't turn off the light in your dreams, it represents a lack of focus somewhere in your life. Ceilings in dreams means a spiritual or mental point of view. And if the ceiling in your dreams had water damage, you're not focusing on an emotional problem right now. That is it for this week's dream symbol. If you want a dream for me to interpret and maybe have a dream symbol featured, the contact information will be mentioned at the end of the show. So keep dreaming. Child of light, I greet you with the light. We are the flame. 
child of light, I greet you with light. The sun has fallen into the deep, and you and I in darkness stand. We could be alone. Or you could reach and join our hand Within this seeming endless night Child of light, I greet you with light We are the day, we are the bright Child of light, I greet you with light Child of light, I greet you with light Shine our lights and bring the day Within this seeming endless night Child of light, I greet you with light We are the flame, we are the bright Child of light, I greet you with light Child of light, I greet you with light Within this Child of life, I greet you with light. We are the flame, we are the bright. Child of life, I greet you with light. Child of light, I greet you with light. Child of light, I greet you with light. Here's another myth. This following folktale comes from Nigeria. It's on the World of Tales website, and it's called The Tortoise with a Pretty Daughter. There was once a king who was very powerful. He had great influence over the wild beasts and animals. Now the tortoise was looked upon as the wisest of all beasts and men. This king had a son named Ekpenyon, to whom he gave 50 young girls as wives, but the prince did not like any of them. The king was very angry at this and made a law that if any man had a daughter who was finer than the prince's wives and who found favor in his son's eyes, the girl herself and her father and mother should be killed. Now about this time, the tortoise and his wife had a daughter who was very beautiful. The mother thought it was not safe to keep such a fine child, as the prince might fall in love with her. So she told her husband that her daughter ought to be killed and thrown away into the bush. The tortoise, however, was unwilling to hide her until she was three years old. 
One day, when both the tortoise and his wife were away on their farm, the king's son happened to be hunting near their house and saw a bird perched on the top of the fence around the house. The bird was watching the little girl and was so entranced with her beauty that he did not notice the prince coming. The prince shot the bird with his bow and arrow, and it dropped inside the fence, so the prince sent his servant to gather it. While the servant was looking for the bird, he came across the little girl and was so struck with her form that he immediately returned to his master and told him what he had seen. The prince then broke down the fence and found the child and fell in love with her at once. He stayed and talked with her for a long time until at last she agreed to become his wife. He then went home but concealed from his father the fact that he had fallen in love with the beautiful daughter of the tortoise. But the next morning, he sent for the treasurer and got 60 pieces of cloth and 300 rods and sent them to the tortoise. Then in an early afternoon, he went down to the tortoise's house and told him that he wished to marry his daughter. The tortoise saw at once that what he had dreaded had come to pass and that his life was in danger. So he told the prince that if the king knew, he would kill not only himself, the tortoise, but also his wife and daughter. The prince replied that he would be killed himself before he allowed the tortoise and his wife and daughter to be killed. Eventually, after much argument, the tortoise consented and agreed to hand his daughter to the prince as his wife when she arrived at the proper age. Then the prince went home and told his mother what he had done. She was in great distress at the thought that she would lose her son, of whom she was very proud, as she knew that when the king heard of his son's disobedience, he would kill him. However, the queen, although she knew how angry her husband would be, wanted her son to marry the girl he had fallen in love with. So she went to the tortoise and gave him some money, clothes, yam, and palm oil as further dowry on her son's behalf in order that the tortoise should not give his daughter to another man. For the next five years, the prince was constantly with the tortoise's daughter, whose name was Adet. And when she was about to be put in the fatting house, the prince told his father that he was going to take Adet as his wife. On hearing this, the king was very angry and sent word all around his kingdom that all the people should come on a certain day to the marketplace to hear the palaver. When the appointed day arrived, the marketplace was quite full of people, and the stones belonging to the king and queen were placed in the middle of the marketplace. When the king and queen arrived, all the people stood up to greet them, and then they sat down on their stones. The king then told his attendants to bring the girl Adit before him. When she arrived, the king was quite astonished at her beauty. He then told the people that he had sent for them to tell them that he was angry with his son for disobeying him and taking Adit as his wife without his knowledge. But that now he had seen her himself, he had to acknowledge that she was very beautiful and that his son had made a good choice. He would therefore forgive his son. When the people saw the girl, they agreed that she was very fine and quite worthy of being the prince's wife, and begged the king to cancel the law he had made altogether. And the king agreed, and as the law had been made under Egbo law, he sent for eight Egbos and told them that the order was cancelled throughout his kingdom, and that for the future no one would be killed who had a daughter more beautiful than the prince's wives and gave the Egbos palm wine and money to remove the law, and sent them away. 
Then he declared that the tortoise's daughter, Abet, should marry his son, and he made them marry the same day. A great feast was given, which lasted for fifty days. And the king killed five cows and gave all the people plenty of fufu and palm oil chop, and placed a number of pots of palm wine in the streets for the people to drink as they liked. The women brought a big plate to the king's compound, and there was singing and dancing kept up day and night during the whole time. The prince and his companions also played in the market square. When the feast was over, the king gave half his kingdom to the tortoise to rule over, and 300 slaves to work on his farm. The prince also gave his father-in-law 200 women and 100 girls to work for him. So the tortoise became one of the richest men in the kingdom. The prince and his wife lived together for a good many years until the king died when the prince ruled in this place. And all of this shows that the tortoise is the wisest of all men and animals. Trumpets of yore, of wenches and bawdy house queens by the score. But I sing of a baggage that we all adore, the landlord's daughter. Oh, her lips are as roses, her wine is a treat. Her whiskey is good and her figure is neat. And while she is serving her bitter, she's sweet. The landlord's daughter. You'll never love another Although she's not the kind of girl To take home to your mother Her ale, it is lively and strong to the taste She's brewed with discretion and never with haste You can have all you like if you swear not to the landlord's daughter, and when her name is mentioned, the parts of every gentleman do stand up at attention. Now there's Jane of the Blossom and all of the crown, pretty Kate of the Garter and Sardown in town. A dolly who keeps a red heart of renown, but I'll take the landlord's daughter, for nothing can be like so. As does the path that lies between her left toe and her right toe.
I hope that some of you were watching the original 1973 movie The Wicker Man. That last song that you heard is Landlord's Daughter from Magnet and featured in the film. Before that, you heard Arthur Hines with Child of Light. That is it for the show. Again, I'm your host, Midnight Star. I'm still waiting for a suggestion for a song, show topic, spirit guide, or dream symbol. Or if you want to, you can like, share, or comment on goddesswalt1.wixsite.com forward slash home through the Music from the Goddesses Vault Facebook page and on Instagram and Twitter at Goddess Vault. I am going to leave you with Celtic Feast of the Dead by Fritz Young. Blessed be and be safe.